What's up, everybody? This is TJ from Just Plain Filthy, and back in 2014, I created a nice little platform where everybody can find their potential new favorite independent wrestlers, a place where they can find out what events are coming to their neck of the woods and a place where they can find amazing clips of various independent wrestling matches. Since 2014, we have been on Twitter. We have been on Instagram. We have been on Facebook. But now we bring this all to you in podcast form. We break down events. We let you know what cards are coming up. And we even get into discussions on the hot topics of wrestling as a whole. So please, sit down and enjoy. This is The Indie Movement. What is up, everybody? This is TJ from The Indie Movement, and you're listening to The Indie Movement Podcast. Episode 2, baby! And if you're clicking on this and listening right now, you already know what we're talking about. We're talking about high-flying wrestling, specifically on the independence throughout time, all that jazz, great, great stuff. I've always been a fan of high-flying wrestling, which I guess works out in my favor because nowadays on the independent scene or wrestlers coming up in the scene right now, if you're working, you have some sort of high-flying weapons in your arsenal. You can be... Almost seven feet tall and bust out a shooting star press off the top or off of something. You can be 350 pounds and do a suicide dive or a tope over the top. It's just, it's mind-blowing how athletic people are nowadays. And almost every single independent wrestling card has one or two, like, high-flying showcase spots. And these people are fucking ridiculous. I, my mind will never wrap around how they do what they do. It's like everybody has worked at Cirque du Soleil or was like a cheerleader or something for like 15 years. That's ridiculous. I said it before. I'm constantly baffled at the things that I see on shows from high flyers. So we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit. Now... If you've seen on social media, you know that we've been working on the Indie Movement Top 50 list. And that has made me have to watch like 10, 15 events a week for the last month or so now. Uh, while watching these things, I am seeing these great talents that I've already known were great before. But then they pull off new stuff every now and then and my jaw drops. So I went on to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those social media platforms and I said, who is the best high-flying wrestler on the independents right now? And I have a couple names in there, and most of which are actually on the list. I'm not going to tell you where they rank because I'm still kind of working out the mechanics of all that. But the majority is going to be on the list. I'm not telling you where they're ranked because I don't even know. But I know a lot of them are on there. And the ones that aren't, it's not because they're not good. It's not because they're not talented as shit. It's simply because 
the match ratio that they have doesn't stack up to all the others match ratios the win-loss records the match quality the notable opponents this and that a lot of places just started doing shows again a couple months ago it kind of leaves it to be an unfair advantage but that's why we didn't do these these lists last year last year like nobody was running it was like black label pro it was Limitless Wrestling, Beyond Wrestling, and GCW. All incredibly talented places full of performers that could make this list, and a lot of them are on this list. But four fucking promotions out of the hundreds across the United States and handfuls in other countries, we couldn't justify doing that last year. This year... Almost everything is up and running. Almost everybody's been having shows, a couple shows here and there. So it's a lot easier for us to justify doing this list. I went off on a tangent. Luckily, we're only about four minutes into this. So let's dive into some of the names that people think are the best talents in high flying right now. Now, first on the list... Generation Championship Wrestling threw this name out to me, and I wasn't I wasn't aware of them. I'm slacking a little bit in certain areas of the country, but Eli Knight. I have not heard of him, so I went online. I checked out his social medias. I typed his name up onto IWTV. I watched some stuff, and let me tell you, though this guy is new, his agility through the roof creativeness out of this world i'm very very eager to see what happens to him in the next couple years because i believe within the next year if booking keeps going his way he'll be the next alex zane blake christian who is also going to be back on the indie scene soon fucking stoked for that uh there's so many people like him but you know, going from the apron and flipping over the turnbuckle to the other side of the ring is some weird shit. And I'm about it. The whole, like, clinging to the ropes and coming back with a drop kick. You don't see that often. He has that in his arsenal. Everything he does looks very, very smooth. So he's got the fundamentals down. He's got the creativeness down. Sky's the limit for Eli Knight. And uh, second off, uh, I've talked about him before a little bit when I was talking about Eli Knight, but Alex Zane. Alex Zane is a name that we've been getting a lot when asking who is the best high flyer on the scene right now. And it's, it's not hard to see why people think that. He's probably the most agile and smooth operator of any of the high flyers going right now. He had enough star presence and charisma to make it to WWE where they watered him down and didn't do much with him and then spit him back out. But that's not, that's besides the point. I'm a little bitter about that because that shit keeps going. But Alex Zane made a name for himself and is possibly one of the best high flyers in the game in quite some time. I mean, I just watched a match. It was a TJP versus Alex Zane versus Stallion Rogers, and just the little things 
Like TJP and Alex Zane on the outside, he gets thrown to the ropes. He bounces back off, back against the ropes. Springboards kind of off of them on the outside of the ring, connects with a Hurricane Rana. That's inventive as fuck. I don't know how people can look at a match of his and not be impressed. Even if you like hold for hold stuff, he still finds a way to put that in there. He puts out submissions every now and then. He gets creative. He'll twist you into a pretzel. And then he'll kick you right in the head. Love Alex Zane. Uh, the fact that he does uh, some Mike Bailey speedball-esque knees. Uh, the Crunchwrap Supreme is what I believe he calls it. The guys in the corner shooting star press. Double knee to the back of the head. Love that. I think uh, Andrew Everett or Ricochet used to do that back in the day. Uh, Mike Bailey does some sort of thing like that. And now Alex Zane making it his own thing now that nobody besides Mike Bailey really does that anymore. Oh, man. I know I kind of said it before and I was a little bitter about it, but with the amount of high flyers that just came back on the scene from WWE... In the next couple of months. Matches with Alex Zane versus Blake Christian once again. Matches against Alex Zane and Shane Strickland are going to be insane. And like Jake Atlas is back out there. Uh, so many people are back on the scene. And I don't know if my mind can take it. Uh, Alex Zane possibly has to be my vote for best one. But there's a couple more names. And uh, I want to throw those out there as well. Because uh, when I think of high flying right now, I think of the smaller guys. Guys that are like Rey Mysterio back in the day. Guys like Eli Everfly and ASF. Very, very good semi-traditional Lucha Libre guys in the United States. Eli out of California, I believe. I don't know where ASF is from. I'm still very new to ASF, but he's been doing a series of matches against Gringo Loco where he's like doing rope work. He's jumping, springboarding, arm drag, hitting the ropes, backflip over, drop kick, stuff like that, diving to the outside with beautiful cross bodies. Uh, right now, he's, he's up there with new high flyers in the game right now. And working with GCW is only going to help him. Because they are blowing up in a record amount of time. So guaranteed, if he gets a spot on the show that they're doing at the Hammerstein Ballroom, uh, ASF is going to be a household name. And people are going to know uh, him in no time at all. Uh, Eli Everfly, I heard about him years ago. And I've been watching him with his wife, uh, Delilah Doom, with their tag team, Doomfly. Uh, very small. He's always doing that David versus Goliath thing. Even against people who are like six foot, six foot two. The, the size difference between him and most of his opponents is very, very different. Uh, but he does a great work. He's very, very like Rey Mysterio. Outfit-wise, style-wise, he will like springboard to the outside, hit a Hurricane Rana. Uh, he'll he'll just do straight up like frog splashes off the top. He gets hang time. He hits impactful, but not a whole lot of flips, and that's what I appreciate about him. Because as I'm going to say, leading up into this next person, uh, 
the high-flying game now is mind-boggling because people do things that you think can't be done. Years ago, you had Ricochet hitting things like double moonsaults. Now we have, like, 630 splash leg drops and Phoenix splashes on the ground. Just standing Phoenix splashes. At this point, if we keep progressing like we've been, you're going to have people literally floating in the air and delivering something. Like, just creating a vortex of air doing like 20 spins in the air before hitting a splash and the crowd's going to be unfazed that's how insane we are getting in such a record amount of time i'm still one of the dudes that mark out for a back senton like dick togo when he hits him with the back i still mark out for that and i can appreciate uh flips and all those twists and stuff but i think that's why i like eli everfly so much as he embraces the high-flying nature, and he really does, like, fly all over the ring. But he doesn't go too over the top, where you're, where he's like everybody else. He does frog splashes, and leg drops, and drop kicks, and arm drags. Eli Everfly is a sleeper, and if you haven't checked him out before, please do so. You will not be disappointed. Now, talking about... All the flips and stuff that leads me up to this next one. The one I'm going to end on, honestly. Because Ninja fucking Mac. Ninja fuck Mac, as they call him in GCW. Has been making a name for himself. And is possibly the best high flyer that GCW has to offer. I'm very new to him, so I don't know where he came from. And I don't know where else he really goes. That did not mean to be a cotton-eyed Joe, I'm sorry. <laughs> where'd you come from, where'd you go? But uh, Ninja Mac is one of the dudes where most of his arsenal is flipping. He was, I believe I said that he was, in Cirque du Soleil. So he is an acrobat. He is like a tumbler. He knows how to do all those stuff safely and as botch-free as you can get. But he will literally hit the ropes and flip and flip and flip and hit the other ropes and flip just to flex on people he will hit like that uh the sasuke special to the outside like it's nothing like this was all he ever does this is what he does and uh ninja mac i don't know what else he can pull out to top himself but he always seems to do it so at this time, I think like a standing 630 splash would just be like the thing he would pull out next. Or he'd walk the ropes and do like 450 DDT or something like that. That's something up his alley. At this point, would not be surprised, but I am waiting with bated breath until I see something like that. And uh, Ninja Mac is definitely going to be the one to pull something like that out. Man, high-flying nowadays is... I, I keep harping on this, but it's fucking bananas! Uh, a couple people told me what their favorite things were as far as high-flying goes from back in the day. Uh, not exactly like back in the day, back in the day, like 30 years ago or whatever, but like long enough ago that it's not recent. So I'm going to go through some of these. Uh, I got to find them. They're all over the place. But they said some pretty good ones. 
Uh, hold on, hold on. Man. There we go. Found them. Found some of them. Um, Total Wrestling Federation out of North Carolina uh, posted a video. I don't know if it's from them or from another thing, and they're just resharing it. But Anthrax, a.k.a. Polly Denali, who I'm not familiar with at all, but uh, he delivers an incredible double moonsault. People know the double moonsault originally from Ricochet, but a lot of the times he never connected, and he didn't bust it out too often. I also, I don't know if Polly Denali busted it out too often, but this was the cleanest I have ever seen this move. He gets that first rotation down perfectly and has just enough rotation towards the end of his hang time to effectively get a splash. And even when he splashes, it's not like a flop. It's not like he's hunched over too much. It's that perfect amount where it's believable. The impact could put somebody up for a one, two, three, but it's it's safe enough that you're not like, dude, that dude just got fucking murked. Oh shit, what the fuck was that? It makes me kind of want to look online through all the archives that I can find or just watch a bunch of older things on IWTV and just really see how many people have busted out the double moonsault. How many people have stuck it and how who does the best double moonsault? Because right now I only think I know, uh, I only know Ricochet, Polly Denali, and I think Andrew Everett pulled it off but didn't successfully hit it on his opponent. Or I could be wrong. I, I think he might have done something like that in Shikara when he was Chiba Kid. So, okay, yeah, make that three. You know, Polly Denali, Ricochet, Chiba Kid. I don't know if anybody else does it, so if you know, I mean, hit us up on Twitter, at IndieMovement underscore. <laughs> Matt Applin just says, insert something Ninja Mac did here. Nah. We already talked about the insanity that is Ninja Mac, but yeah, I agree. Pretty much anything that he does nowadays is going to make it into the talks of what is the craziest high-flying thing you've ever seen. And at this point, I just I just don't even include him because it's all it's almost a given. It's like when you're saying who is the most charismatic pro wrestler of all time. You you just don't say The Rock because you know that's we're just fighting for number two. But uh, back to uh, high flying, uh, this one this is a blast from the past. Holy shit! Josh Cutler says, back in AWA in Middletown, New York, two thousand and one. Rick Blade did a somersault plancha over the top rope and into the crowd. However, his opponent moved out of the way and Blade went crashing headfirst into a row of chairs. Like, what the fuck? That, that's that gotta be something ridiculous in your mind if you remember it 20 years later. Man, I haven't... I haven't heard, I haven't even thought of Rick Blade in like 10 years. I wonder if he's in good enough to condition to come back, or... I don't even know if he's still alive, technically. But a lot of things Rick Blade did back in the day is like Ninja Mac shit nowadays. Rick Blade was one of the OGs. Man. Josh, you just made me want to go back and watch a bunch of Rick Blade matches. Back in CZW and all that shit. Props to you. I appreciate that. 
But uh, that's kind of all I have right now for uh, high-flying wrestling. I'm sure in the coming weeks, I'm going to kick myself in the ass because something ridiculous is going to happen on many of these stacked shows that I didn't plan for. And I could have been like, damn it, I could have talked about this on the high-flying episode because that was outstanding. But, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Maybe I'll harp on it later on. And I'll just be like, yo, this ridiculous thing happened. You should check out this event. But uh, as high flying just gets more ridiculous with every passing year, uh, so do these cards. I mean, I, I keep saying it. I say it on the Just Plain Filthy podcast. I said it on the Uncut podcast. I've said it last week, and I'll say it again. I will never stop saying this until it starts to suck, which I hope does not happen. But independent wrestling has never been better than it is right now. Especially with the people that are keep coming back to it due to budget cuts. Um, the matches keep getting more ridiculous. The talent evolves, so even if you get a rematch from years ago, it's drastically different than the match you got years ago. And these, these events coming up, full, just jam-packed, fucking to the rafters of match of the year candidates and i talked about pro wrestling revolver or the wrestling revolver last episode and i broke down their card and i was talking about how insane some of these things are and over the last couple weeks they've been putting out teasers of matches that they're gonna have for their next show in january and all of these are just as good if not better than the previous event, which oh, I am I am anticipating this like a motherfucker. As soon as it's available on Fight, I am buying this again. I will call out of work. I will put my bank account in red. I might not be able to pay my rent, but I'm going to watch this event before I get evicted. I'm going on record saying that. But there is a lot of great events coming up and a lot of great matches coming up. I'm going to run down a few of them for you. I'm going to start off with the Wrestling Revolver since I just talked about that. And let me tell you, these matches, oh baby. Decay comes to the Wrestling Revolver. Havoc was already there. Rosemary makes her debut and they face off against the team of Masha Slamovich and Billy Starks. Mosh is another name that I'm almost certain is going to be in this top 50. Probably in the top 15 or so. Top 10, 15. Um, Billy Starks looking really good. Her match quality and win-loss records is up there. You could probably see her on there. We've got a couple... We got like 100, 110 people listed right now. So it's a crapshoot of whether they're both going to be on there, but this match is full of talent. The ladies' division so far in the Wrestling Revolver is amazing. I don't know if they're going to go straight up woman-on-woman -woman going forward or if they're going to do some uh, intergender stuff. I'm always about intergender stuff. But this first match that they announced, great. Another one that they just announced is going to be the Man Scout and Warhorse teaming up with Manders to face off against The Unit, which is Larry D and the team of Infrared. As I talked about last episode, Larry D and Infrared 
associate themselves now with JT Dunn. We'll see how everything goes, but that looks like one hell of a team. So we definitely got the fan favorites versus the scumbag heels at Once Upon a Time in Iowa. Another match, The Machine, Brian Cage, the newly crowned XPW champion. Fuck XPW. Goes one-on-one -on -one against the debuting and one of my personal favorites from a long time, Jonah Rock. Just going by Jonah now. So Brian Cage versus Jonah in a Haas fight. That, that's got that's got potential let me tell you that's got potential the wrestling revolver world tag team champions the wolves Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards they went heel it's only fitting that they face off against the best baby faces of that area the Lil Rascals you know the B-team of the Rascals. Everybody thinks the Rascals. They think Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. For a while, though, Trey Miguel and Myron Reed were right there with them. And they were that secondary team that were going as the Rascals. And now they are the lone Rascals. They are the only Rascals still on the Indies. They are the Little Rascals. And the Wolf versus the Little Rascals for the Tag Team Championships is going to be one hell of a match there's a lot more talent that were announced but the only other match that was announced was the revolver world championship match it was already kind of set in stone last time the last event when jt dunn got in the face of rich swan and he just made his life a living hell with help of the unit so now we have all night long rich swan Defending his title against the wrestling savior, J.T. Dunn. Another event that is happening is the Windy City Classic. This has been going on for years. And at this point, it's definitely an event that any independent wrestling fan should be checking out. The matches are outstanding. There's still a couple questions floating around, but I, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Uh, AEW... Women's Championship match. A-A-W Women's Championship match. I almost stumbled there. Allison K versus Sky Blue. That's going to be good. Sky Blue has been making her rounds. And Allison K is not the bitch to fuck with. So this is going to be a really, really good match. Um, then we have another ladies contenders match. It's going to be Sierra versus Christy Janes. Versus Charlie Evans versus Lady Frost. Christy Janes has been holding it down in AAW. And I'm, I'm fairly new to her. But she is one of my favorites going in that division. And Charlie Evans coming to America. Putting on some great matches in GCW and other promotions. Um, and then Lady Frost who I've seen on AEW Dark, and I think I've seen a couple times on Impact. She's been really good. She had a couple great matches in the Northeast over the last couple years. I'm still not super familiar with her because I don't get to see her matches too often. And I'm not familiar at all with Sierra. But with the amount of talent that is in that ring, I'm sure Sierra belongs just fine. And this match is going to be fucking dope. Um, then we got the Haas 
Russ Jones versus another big guy, Larry D, who's going to be on the other show. Uh, Russ Jones versus Larry D. There's no way that no one's going to get a black eye or busted open in this match. Like, the guys are just too big and strong. How the fuck are you going to do it without that happening? Uh, Silas Young, fresh from Ring of Honor. He's another one that recently had to jump onto the indies after being let go from his company. But uh, he's no stranger to AAW. And uh, so the last real man faces off against the one called Manders. You want to call yourself the last real man? Well, Manders is a man, so much so that it's in his name. How's that, huh? Puts you in your place, Silas. Um, then we got Ace Austin teaming up with Myron Reed to face the hustle and the muscle, Hakeem Zayn and Karam. These teams are going to do great. I mean, the Hustle and the Muscle has always been a great team. Uh, Ace Austin and Myron Reed, not a traditional team, but both very good, and I'm sure they both want to win. Who doesn't want to win? So uh, the Bourbon Street fight is definitely going to be one hell of a match to check out. Then we have the AAW Heavyweight Championship match between Fred Yehi and Matt Fitchett. Fred Yehi, one of my favorites on the independents. It's a shame he didn't get as much exposure in Ring of Honor as you would have hoped. But uh, the guy can go. Matt Fitchett, I don't know him too much as a singles competitor. I'm mostly knowing him from uh, the best friends in the world. Uh, with Davey Vega, but he's a great talent, so this is definitely going to be a match I'm going to keep my eye on. And uh, then they have an extra match, which is Alex Zane versus Josh Alexander versus Rich Swan versus just a bunch of question marks. They haven't announced it yet, but Alex Hammerstone did just appear on the bills for that. They haven't announced a match, so I'm only assuming it's going to be Zayn versus Alexander versus Hammerstone versus Swan. And if that's the case, you have a match of the year contender right there. And lastly, December 3rd in Houston, Texas, GCW invades with their new show, So High. Two matches that are announced, and both of these matches have me hyped as fuck. When you talk about so high, you're talking about my expectations, because holy shit. Effie versus Sadika. The violent luchadora herself. So you're going to get violent homosexual fury of Effie versus just the death match and just violent nature of Sadika. And that, that's a clash of styles right there if I've ever seen it. But you know damn well it's going to be a great match. Because GCW does a really good job at booking their a talent accordingly. To make the match as good as it could have made. And uh, So High also has a tag team match announced. And if you know me, you know that I'm a huge fan of New Texas Pro. So GCW meets New Texas Pro in this match. Because the second gear crew, Matthew Justice and AJ Gray, face off against the New Texas Pro World Champion, Brian Keith, 
and former champion Mysterious Q. That right there is enough to make me want to buy this event. So if you're hyped for this event as I'm hyped for this event, please talk to me about it on social media. Now is the time where I'm going to plug it all. TikTok is at the Indie Movement. That's Indie with a Y because I fucked up years ago and I'm not changing it now. It's the Indie Movement on Instagram, also with a Y. And on Twitter, it's Indie with a Y, Movement underscore. You can find me on all those places and check out the new matches that we have changing every now and then on the website on justplainfilthy.com slash the indie movement so thank you for listening thank you for talking about high flying on social media and i hope you check out those great events because those are just chef's kiss have a good night